sure good to see you, every one of you. And I think that I have been blessed to also see that wonderful lady by the name of Mrs. Singleton. Is that you? Thank you. I'm glad that you were here last Sabbath and that you really enjoyed the people. And uh, these are the kind of people that they are, even when the pastor isn't here. They love you, and I'm glad that you have been blessed by being here, and I'm glad you're here again. Thank you. Uh, I would like you to come here every time, and also if I'm not here, and then report to me if they were nice. That's good, and they are nice. I would like to uh, mention to you that uh, the bulletin, Mary Angeline, is so beautiful, I just think that it's worth saving. <laughs> it's got so many nice quotes and uh, Bible texts and everything else. In fact, you have a part here where it says, letting go, trusting God with control of your life. In fact, it sort of summarizes the whole works as to what I'm going to share with you today. Uh, the title is Total Trust. You have seen young people. And you've also seen young people that have gone out hiking everywhere. And they now have a system where they have two trees. And about this high, they have a log across, tied, hammered, supported. And then they go ahead and ask a young person to go up on there, stand, hold, on both sides, and then they have three people, young people on one side, three on the other side, with their hands like this, and then they say to this person, close your eyes and fall back. You're six feet high, you fall back. Not me. Anybody? And did you know that, that, that young people actually do it? They go up, they stand there with their hands on either log, and they're standing on this thing that high. And then the young people at the back that are holding their hands say, okay, fall back. And they fall back and they're caught. No problem. I was watching one of those. And one time somebody said, pastor, we want you to go up there. <laughs> and I was sitting beside a lady whose daughter was involved in that. And I looked at this person and I said, if she goes, I'll go. And I know she wouldn't go. So you know what happened? She says, I will not go for anything. No way. I don't trust those young people that they, will, they won't hold me up. So they said, don't worry about the old lady. Why don't you go? They persuaded me, and I went up. Crawled right up to the top and the ladder, stood on this log, put my hands on the log there, and I said to myself, why should I ever do something like this? What if they don't hold me and I fall and I hit the ground and kill myself? But you know, I said, I think those young people, when they say, fall back, they'll hold me. So I went up there and they said, okay, we're ready, fall back. And I fell back. They caught me. I asked the supervisor, who's my son-in-law. Why wouldn't that lady go? He says, well, 
I happen to know her. She doesn't trust anybody. I trust everybody until they prove they cannot be trusted anymore. I had no problem. I, gave, I, I was brought up to, in a family of 14, nine boys, five girls. We had to trust each other to do all kinds of things, help each other, and so forth and so on. So, my question is, Adam and Eve, only two people, and they were tested in Genesis whether they trusted God or not. Not so much whether they trusted God or not, whether they trusted God or whether they trusted Lucifer. And you know what the difference was? God said, if you eat of all the tree, enjoy it. But don't eat of that tree. If you do, you should surely die. And you know what happened? Lucifer came along, who deceived one-third of the angels of heaven, and said, ye shall not surely die. So the issue was whether she, Adam and Eve, and he trusted God or whether they trusted Lucifer, who said ye shall not surely die. And instead of trusting God, they trusted Lucifer, who was a deceiver, who never tell, told the truth. So you and I are now caught in the same situation. Do we really honestly trust God? And you may as well ask yourself whether you do or you don't. Maybe I kind of trust God. I trust him in some things. Or do you have a total trust in God? You see, over 2,000 years ago, since time has passed by that quickly, God already won the case on Calvary's cross. He was on the cross. He won the case. And in our Sabbath lesson study, it's interesting what we have learned this morning and how each one of you shared, so much so that you ran way over time. And one of these days, we're going to allow you to go right until 2 o'clock. <laughs> it's so exciting. It's so great. So here we have Christ, some 2,000 years ago, has actually passed the test. And Satan's lies and accusations have already been met because Lucifer has accused God of not being a God that you can trust in. He wanted us to trust Lucifer. And Christ proved that he could be trusted. So then why does God still tolerate this rebellion that we have? This little world that is against God as it were? And he longs to somehow recreate this world. God wants to recreate this world to make it the kind he created it in the first place, with the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve could have lived forever and ever. And when Jesus and God said, be fruitful and multiply, we could have been here, if that was the Lord's will, in a perfect world, perfect garden. So before Jesus left this earth, 
and returned back to the heavenly father, he told something to his disciples. And I want you to judge whether he actually told the disciples something that they fully trusted him. And I'm going to read it to you and whether you trusted what Jesus has said to the disciples. He told the disciples that he would come back soon. How soon? They asked. Tell us, Matthew 24, 3. When will this happen? When will you come back so soon? What will be the signal for your coming and the end of the world? That's what Jesus told the disciples. And did you know even the angels in heaven did not know the exact time? And Jesus said that in Matthew 24, 36. But set your heart to not be troubled, to be at rest. John 14, 1 and 3, it says, trust in God always. Trust always in me, Jesus said. I shall come back again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Trust, trust, trust. I want to ask you something. Do you honestly, really believe that Jesus is coming again? Are you actually preparing to prove that your trust in him is absolutely total? You are about ready. What's happening that you're not quite all ready? You see what I mean? We're all about ready, but we have to be able to somehow go through some experiences to stand on that place and then say, when somebody says, do you totally trust God? We say, yes, I do. And fully surrender to him. And believe that what he says is going to happen. You know, one day as they all sat together on the Mount of Olives, Jesus told the disciples, he told them that the end is near. And he told them that certain things are going to happen. And you and I are beginning to see some things happening that is very, very disturbing. He spoke of things happening upon this earth that's very, very disturbing. It's going to happen in this earth. It's going to happen in the sky. Everywhere. And he's going to, he mentioned very clearly that there's going to be a growing distrust between the nations. And you're seeing nations against nations right now everywhere. That to us is supposed to be a sign that what Jesus said is, going to, is true, is happening. We have to believe him totally. And then he also said about the rise of false religions and religious leaders. Jesus told us about it. And it's amazing that it's happening right before our eyes. And I'm here to tell you that I expect every one of you that has a part here or in Sabbath school teaching that you study the word of God and make sure that you are a true teacher, a true preacher. Because we can't deceive anybody. It wouldn't be fair. We can lose eternal life over it. 
So why lose eternal life over it? We've got to be honest. We've got to be fair. We have to trust God only and preach God's truth and only the truth. So then he also tells the disciples that he especially warns of those who would teach that his second coming was to be in secret. Did you know how many people believe that Jesus will come in a secret way? And it's almost the way Lucifer tempted Adam and Eve by saying to them, you know, what did God tell you? Well, you can eat of all the fruit, but not of the tree, Because if you eat it, you shall surely die. And Lucifer says in Genesis, you shall not surely die. Here Jesus says, I will come and every eye shall see me. And Lucifer says, no, he will come and it will be a secret. Do you see how, how, how Lucifer tries to confuse us and deceive us? On religious things. And you're the one that has to study the scriptures. Let God's Holy Spirit lead you into all the truth. And be firm and believe what God wants you to believe. But not what Lucifer wants you to believe. And then further. We're told. That Jesus said that we should not believe them. He said, for the Son of Man will come like the lightning which flashes across the whole sky from the east to the west. That's all in Matthew 24. And then it says, and all the people of the earth will weep as they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. There will be, Matthew 24, there will be some who are going to weep and some that are going to say, Lo, this is our God way of waited for him. And that includes every I shall see him. And then it says, The great trumpet will sound, and he will send out his angels to the four corners of the earth, and they will gather his chosen people from one end of the world to the other. Matthew 24, 26, 27, 30, and 31. All that is in the Bible, and we must believe what the Bible says, what Jesus says, what God says, and not what Lucifer says. Or anybody else that will say something that's not the truth. So this really is not a description of so-called invisible secret way of Jesus coming upon the face of this earth. When in Revelation 1.7 it says, every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. You know, sometimes we get so busy with so many things that we forget that as I look at you, each one of you, and you have eyes, and to think that your eyes, your eyes, your children's eyes, your father's eyes, your neighbor's eyes, every eye shall see Jesus come. Sometimes we think, well, it's so what? No, 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 no. It's the truth. It's going to happen. Every eye shall see him. And then further, we're told in Isaiah 25, 9, Lo, this is what some people are going to say. Lo, this is our Lord. We have waited for him. Are you getting the point? 
There will be people on the face of this earth that will be waiting for Jesus to come. And you just said, I am waiting. And I hope and pray that God will help me to trust him so much that he will see fit to save me and take me to heaven. And the fact that you trust him so much that he will save you because whatever Jesus said, you have obeyed it. When he said, he that hath the son had life, you have the son in your heart, in your mind. You trust him fully. You've got him. He's in you and you are in him. And that means that you're safe to save and you fully trust God, not Lucifer. Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation, Isaiah 25, 9. <clears throat> and this is why you and I have to rejoice. Sometimes because we have pains and aches and everything else, and so many things that we have to worry about, that we do not really rejoice the way God wants us to rejoice. Remember what Jesus said, he that hath the Son hath life. Has eternal life. And when you have eternal life, rejoice. Be happy. Always rejoice. You know, it's rather interesting that in Revelation 13, it describes that most of the world will have turned against God, which is sad. It's sad. And when lost sinners look into the face of their Redeemer, though he comes back in his human form, according to Revelation 14, 4, they are going to flee to the mountains, to the rocks, and cry to the rocks to hide them, to kill them, to destroy them, because they could not look into the face of Jesus. Isn't that? And to think that there's other people are going to say, Lo, this is our God. We waited for him. And they will be so, so happy. Revelation 6, 16, it says that they will say, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb. They even know that the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world will be crucified on Calvary's cross. And yes, he was crucified in our behalf. He took our place. They will know all this and they will say it. Would you mind if I help you to take a look at something that maybe you haven't quite seen before? Did you know that Peter and Judas looked at the same gentle but magnificent face, Jesus? One was moved to repentance and the other one was moved to take his life and he committed suicide. And they both looked at the same God, the same Savior, the same Jesus. Do you understand how firm it is in our minds the way God made us? To make a choice. To look at Jesus. 
lifted up on the cross. One that died. One that was buried and crucified. And one that rose again. And when we look at him and trust him totally, that he did it for us, we have eternal life. And we repent of our sins because of what he had to go through. Or we commit suicide. And what does that mean to commit suicide? It means that we choose not to have eternal life, but be destroyed when fire comes out of heaven to destroy all sin and sinners. Now, isn't that serious? That's something that you and I don't always think it in that same manner. One was moved to repentance and the other to take his own life. Our Lord is not a kind of a somebody who you can't understand. There's something about God. There's something about Christ. There's something about the Holy Spirit that connects us to either believing and trusting him fully or playing games and doing our own thing or whatever we're tempted with by Lucifer to do what he wants us to do. And that's the decision that every man, woman, and child upon the face of this earth will have to do before Jesus comes in calls of heaven. Because Jesus is the one that said, and this gospel will be preached to all the world, and then shall the end come. What's the gospel? What's the gospel? And how much of the gospel must one hear before they've heard the gospel? Just a little bit. You either decide to trust, 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 and fully trust, or I don't know, I don't believe, I want to do a little more research work, and I want to read all kinds of books about everybody else is writing something, and instead of looking at the, the Bible, and then we be carried away and lose eternal life. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And he was lifted up. And we're the ones that put him up there to die on Calvary's cross. He was lifted up for us. So this good news that Matthew 24, 14 says, this good news about the kingdom will be preached through all the world for a witness to all mankind, and then the end will come. You can trust God fully to wait until everyone has had a chance to make his decision after hearing this gospel. You can trust God not to ask anyone to pass through the final time of trouble without an opportunity to prepare for that time. So God doesn't leave us dangling. He makes us and guides us through everything that we go through if we trust him fully. So God has always been very patient with his children. If you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, he is patient, 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 he is waiting, he is waiting, he is waiting. And do you know the quote that we're told? That Jesus would have come ere now 
except he is waiting because so many are not ready for his coming. And here you and I think that we are ready, but Jesus knows whether he's, we, you and I are ready or not. He knows. So he's giving us a little bit more time, a little bit more time to make sure that we are fully ready and totally trust him. But don't forget, there is a point to where he cannot wait any longer. He cannot wait any longer. So you're either ready or you're not. Have you ever played that game, ready or not? Here I come, ready or not? Well, you and I want to make sure that we are ready because Jesus is coming regardless of what we think. In fact, we're told the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his word, and scoffing at his prophets till the wrath of the Lord rose against the people till there was no remedy. Second Chronicles 36, 15, and 16. There is a point where God can't wait any longer because he's done everything possible through the Bible, through his prophets, to share the gospel. And the people finally said, no thanks, we don't want to hear anymore. Yes, we have itchy ears, tell us what we want to hear, but not what the truth is. Do you see where we're at? And yet, it kind of confuses me a little bit to think that so many preachers, so many teachers, and so many people of the world, when they announce a topic, they have crowds, two, three, four hundred people, thousands of people will come to hear. I just went to a jewelry man because... He put a battery in and it didn't work. And you know what he told me? Because I looked at him and I said, are you now a Muslim? Uh, because he said he's from the Middle East and he is, uh, uh, he is uh, uh, a Greek Orthodox. And that's what I learned about him about four years ago when he helped m with my wristwatch. And uh, he told me about a year ago, he says, I'm no more a Greek Orthodox, I'm a Muslim. So this time I had the nerve to look at him and say, are you still a Muslim? He said, no, I've been reading all kinds of things and whatnot. I don't believe in anything. I'm not a Greek Orthodox and I'm not a, I'm not a Muslim anymore. So I looked at him, but I said, doesn't the world is changing and things are happening just like the Bible predicted it would? And uh, it looks like uh, the people now have a button they can press and they can kill everybody upon the face of this earth and destroy the world. He says, yeah, I believe that. It's going to happen. And I said to him, I'd like to have you read a book that I read. And he looked at me and he says, really? And I said, it changed my mind totally because it deals with the great controversy between good and evil, the great controversy between God and Lucifer. And it deals with the whole issue. 
And you know what he told me? He says, I, I want to I, I read it. So everybody is unsettled, but they're searching for what is right. No human being is ready to commit suicide, as it were, or say, you know, I don't want to live and I don't want to have eternal life. Everybody still wants that little extra. But there's only one way to get it. And that's through God, through Christ, through the Holy Spirit leading us into all the truth. So I told him, I says, okay, I'll, I'll find that book for you. But he says, boy, if you can get that book in the Turkish language, I would just love to have it. I says, I'll try to get it in your language. And I will. In fact, I saw him on Friday. I'm going to make sure I try to find it because there's something about reading it in your own language that's important. So there, Peter, <coughs> in the last days, he says, in the last days, there will come men who will scoff at religion and live self-indulgent lives. And they will say, where now is the promise of his coming? Question mark. Our fathers have been laid to their rest, but still everything continues exactly as it has always been since the world began. That's what Peter said. And then the apostle goes on to explain, it is not that the Lord is slow to fulfill his promise. As some suppose. But that he is very patient with you. Because it is not his will for any to be lost. But for all to come to repentance. But the Lord God is the one who will come as a thief in the, right, in the night. And he will come unexpectedly. So you and I have to be prepared at all times. So Peter has a way of putting things that catches our attention very, very quickly. So God is good. God is patient. His patience will run out someday. Not because he is not patient any longer and doesn't love us any longer, but because every man, woman, and child has made a decision to go contrary to God's will and do their own thing. Once that final decision is made, where you totally trust God or you totally don't trust God and you're deceived, then God has no chance to change your mind except to say, it's all done. It is finished. So you and I have a very, very responsible position to be in right now and we must deal with it because Jesus said he will come again and you and I must be ready for him or we won't be ready for him. And when he comes, again I say, and I hope it's you, seeing him and words from your mouth will say, Lord, this is our God. We have trusted and waited for him. Or you will say a prayer to the rocks and the mountains. Hide us. Destroy us. Because we can't face looking to Jesus. Why? Because you never trusted him. How many of you want to trust God fully? Would you please put up your hands and say, Lord, help me to trust you. Lead me in ways to help me to learn how to trust you. And if I may just say something, 
do you know why I was willing to stand up there? And when they said, let go and fall back, I did it. You know why? Pardon? Trust who? Why did, why did I trust those three in one side and three in the other? No, I didn't have to. Do you know why I trust? No, I didn't know them. You know why I trusted them? Because I watched other students go there and fall back, and they caught them. They caught them. They caught them. So I had enough evidence to prove to me that when other students fall back and they caught him, so can I be caught. This Bible has full of evidence, full of evidence that you can trust God fully. You know something else? It's got full evidence to prove to you that you can't trust the devil. Okay? So don't trust them anymore. In anything. And when I say in anything, you know what I'm talking about. Because every one of you have different situations, different problems to deal with. Trust God. He'll see you through. If you trust Lucifer, he'll see to it. You will be destroyed like he will. And that's his goal, is to try to destroy as many people as possible. And you don't want to be on Lucifer's side. You want to be totally on God's side. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit, we all have been touched to realize that our life is in our own hands to either trust you fully as our God, creator, and savior, knowing that Jesus has done everything to save us. And the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us into all the truth. So we submit our will to him in such a way that we will have the truth and make an intelligent decision to truly, truly trust you. We thank you for giving me and each one of us evidence that we cannot trust Lucifer in any way, shape, or form. So help us to resist him as we have learned in our Sabbath school lesson that Jesus confronted with Lucifer did not trust him, did not obey him, did not do what he tempted him with. And Jesus stood firm and won the victory and paid the price on Calvary's cross for our salvation. So we pray that each one of us will have Christ in us and save us to be again in the world that you have created perfectly. We know it will be recreated, so even now we pray that you will recreate us to be in your image and to have life eternal. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless.